Attention, please. Last call for the Walt Disney World Railroad Board. W. Radio. Your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 471. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you come to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, some new projects, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So as we turn the page to the new year, it's time to look ahead and get excited about what's coming to the Walt Disney World parks, resorts, and beyond. So I invite you to join me this week as we count down, or up, to the top 10 things we're looking forward to in Walt Disney World in 2017. From attractions to dining to experiences, movies, and more, I'm then going to ask you to weigh in and share what you are most looking forward to as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more information about upcoming Meet of the Month, special events, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. darling it distracts from the now oh edna mode you are as wise as you are talented and last week we looked back at 2016 and shared fond memories as well as wishes for the future but while looking back may be fine at times i think it's always best to focus on the present and the future i do it in life in business and in this week we're going to do just that in and around disney as we discuss our top 10 things we're looking forward to in Walt Disney World in 2017. And one thing I always look forward to is time spent with friends and family, like the man who's not only joining me once again for a top 10 episode, but who is definitely among the top 10 people I am fortunate to have met through this Disney thing that I do. And by top 10, like our list, you know that 10 means 100 or so. But anyway, he is in the top 10 slash top 100. He is, of course, Tiny Timmy Foster. Welcome back and a happy new year to you, my friend. I'm crying. 
Hold on. About what part? What part are you crying about? That you're really not in the top ten and it's really more like a well, top hundred? I, or... I really thought you were going to go people I love, but instead of that, tonight we have, and I thought you were going down that road. But can you please, 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 I know you never do this. Can You, you threw me with that opening line until you gave it credit. But I love it. Please do it in the voice. Which voice? Edna Mode. Do it. Do do it in the voice. Oh, I can't. Can do- I, I, Come on. <laughs> I can't Come on. because I haven't even thought about practicing it, and it well, probably will sound worse than it. All right, hold on. Wait, give, me the, give me the line. All right, I, here it is. Yeah. This is me leaving time to actually edit in the clip from the movie. No, no, give me the line. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. Brilliant. See that? that a- You're as See? talented and funny as you are beautiful, <clears throat> both inside and out. <clears throat> I'll leave it at that. Well, listen, I um, as much as I love reminiscing about our past together, and, and it's been, what, 10, 12 years, however it is, how, how long we've known each other. Um, but I, I love looking ahead. Um, uh, I believe that not only the children are the future, but I believe in the promise of the future and tomorrow. Can you sing, can you sing that? Like? I can, but I won't because All I right. want people to hopefully listen for the next few minutes I or so. I don't really want you to. But do look, that. I, I also know, and, and look, you've heard me probably say quite often that what really excites me is not necessarily about what we think we know that's coming in the future. It's not knowing what Disney and the magic makers, the Imagineers, have in store for us. And I can think the biggest surprises often come from the biggest surprises, the things that we don't see coming or we don't know that is ahead. But before we, before we get into our list and before we start looking ahead, I do want to ask you, because we covered it last week, what was your favorite or most vivid or most important or most fond memory, Disney-related, from 2016? Wow. Way to throw me a curveball there. Uh, gosh. I don't know. It could be something Soaring that happened the in world. the parks. It could be, okay, soaring around the world. Why? Because um, it was so freaking cool. Well, no, there's a, I guess uh, there was a lot of new th- this is funny because last year we did the same exact show. <laughs> and actually, it'd be really funny to listen to that show and then see what actually did end up happening this year and go back. But it was all the new stuff that I did experience last year, like soaring around the world. I still haven't gone on Frozen Ever After because I can't wait out the 140 minutes. But, um, yeah, but yeah, you know what? My, my person, I'm going to bore people to death with this. Too late. In the Japan shop, I went and I found a very special gift for my daughter, which was something I'd never seen in the store before. And I think it's new to the store where they, they engrave a little medallion for you with your with a symbol and a in this case, a paper crane and a date and whatever you want. And I, I asked the cast member if this was new because I hadn't seen it before. And she replied, she'd only been there two weeks, so she didn't know. So but it was very that was my very special personal Disney moment. And corny and sappy and uh, the word I was going to use 
was beautiful. I think it's beautiful, beautiful that you that you think uh, that way. But so I, I want to hear and our hug in Liberty Square, of right? The moments that we shared together yeah. Um, yeah. In, in in Walt Disney World and talking about Walt Disney World. And it would be interesting to go back and see how well or poorly we predicted what was coming in 2017. <laughs> but tell me, and, and this is where I want you to sort of get into your list and maybe start with the thing, Tim, that when I said what we're looking forward to in 2017, what was the thing that was top of mind? What was the thing that came first to your mind or, or most excited you that you know is coming to the parks and resorts in the future? Well, you stole it from me unwittingly because I was going to say nothing. And we're going to do a show about nothing, <laughs> about things I don't know are coming, that I'm going to I'm going to show up in Grand Fiesta Tour and all of a sudden there's going to be an animatronic Donald Duck there that I didn't know was there. So we go things into like N- so we go but into NBC. stole that from me right out of the gate. So. We go into NBC and tell them we got a show about nothing. And nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. I think you may nothing have something happened. there. <laughs> I have something. <laughs> so of the things that you do know uh, are other, coming, what what sort real, of excites you? For real. Oh gosh, I don't know. Well, a, a wealth of Star Wars stuff is coming our way, which is always exciting. And why don't we start there? <laughs> I thought I thought that was your whole list. Well, uh, Star Wars stuff and then and, and you're done. Since last year. As, <laughs> Since Tim's going to be phoning this list. Remember, and I'll embarrass myself. I I'll I'll, I'll call myself out on this one i i I forgot about this little star wars movie that was coming out just this (laughs) past few weeks that you uh i think the internet is still still going about that when you called me out on forgetting about rogue one but um let's see um so star wars well we we can both talk about this because there's a lot of very exciting star wars stuff coming our way next year that we know of um uh, for starters, let's see the Star Wars uh, Galactic Spectacular Fireworks Show, which is a must see, which I think has quickly become my favorite fireworks show in all of Walt Disney World. <laughs> Sorry, Illuminations, but you know, um, but it is amazing. Uh, you got to see it. It's uh, coming back. They're they're adding more things to the Star Wars Launch Bay. Uh, it was so cool going through and seeing the Millennium Falcon and the X-wing and the Tandem Four and the Tie Interceptor. Darth Vader's TIE fighter and the pod racer, but um, oh, and my favorite, the I, I didn't know it was called this actually, the Dejeric, if I'm saying that right, hologram game table. And I only know that because I deciphered the writing that was above it in the uh, uh, Star Wars lettering, which has a name, which I forget now. Um, but they're adding a bunch of new things there, including the Shore Trooper Blaster, Director Krennic's Imperial Shuttle, model of the Death Star. The Ewing gunship and a lot more exciting things to see there. And I hear tell there's going to be a Star Wars tour for those who are so inclined and have the means to do it. Um, which, as I see, will be like a seven-hour tour, which will be all things Star Wars, from seeing the Star Wars Path of the Jedi movie to seeing some live stage shows. Um, uh, younglings being able to go into the Jedi training, Trials of the Temple uh, training with where they can learn their best lightsaber skills, going on Star Tours itself, having some Star Wars food. I hope Blue Milk is in there somewhere at Backlot Express, uh, meeting Chewbacca and Kylo Ren, seeing the Star Wars launch bay, of course, and then a galactic spectacular dessert party. What could? How could you have a better day than that? Seven hours of Star Wars magic. So. 
And that's not even talking about the movies, which I'm I'm calling that now. I'm saving that for a little bit down the road. So. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll touch on the movie movies uh, and what mm-hmm. is coming in in 2017. Um, a little bit later, we can touch on the movies separately. But I think you're right. I think over at the studios, I think you're going to see um, peppered throughout the year smaller Star Wars experiences to continue to whet the appetite of not just Hollywood Studios fans, but Star Wars fans who are waiting for the aforementioned Star Wars land to come about. And I think part of doing that, I think where we're really going to see that is where this circle of Star Wars life and announcements really sort of began, which is at D23 Expo, right? Two years ago, that's where we really started to hear, I think maybe the sort of the, the sort of official announcement of what Star Wars land was going to be, some hints of what was to come. I think they are slowly continuing to release some details. I think, again, at D23 Expo, uh, out in Anaheim this summer, I think that is where that torch is really going to be br- burning even brighter with more information about what is to come for the parks. And again, maybe some experiences this year in the parks, but really what is to come in the next couple of years as Star Wars land starts to really take shape. Can't wait. Favorite Star Need Wars go. movie. Go. Favorite what? Star Wars movie. New Hope. That's not even close. Why this is Our even French, a debate uh, well, listen, listen, is go. beyond me. And if you have any answer other than that, we're – This I can't is why we're that. friends. Favorite okay. Star Wars character? Oh, gosh. Was, what, what episode was he in? Uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Star Wars – if you could be any Star Wars – this is a psychologist, get your notepads out. If you could be any Star Wars character, who would you be? Well, I wanted to grow up to be Luke Skywalker, but uh, he's so whiny. Oh, he's so whiny. Well, which okay, that that makes sense. Wait, wait, you, just give me the Tashi Station line in in your best wait, Tim wait, Foster uh, voice. But I was going to the Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. It's, you sort of sound exactly like him. There you go. Um, but I want to be BB-8. Oh God, <laughs> you, you want to be? You can roll around. That's my Man, there's a there's a there's a whole other deep. I want to be Jar Jar Binks. He's misunderstood. I want to set the record straight. He just lost a he just I, lost a lot of friends you, right there. No other character in the history of literature single handedly turned an entire <laughs> empire galaxy around in one fell in one shot, just with with however two little words or five little words or whatever it was. Okay, who was a worse Anakin Skywalker? Hayden Christensen. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can't pick or on Jake it's Lloyd. Not, it's not. It's George Lucas. Why are you dragging me into this? I'm just it's curious. Not I'm gu- uh, it's not. Listen. Come on. You try and say, well, well, it's a lie. I just saw this the other day. Like, please tell me if you're in much pain as I am or whatever <laughs> it was he had to say. No, are you no an angel? One, Christopher Walken <laughs> could say that or line and get it out. Listen, Christopher Walken, who would you rather have narrate the story of your life, Christopher Walken <laughs> or Morgan yeah. Freeman? Oh, wow. Um, uh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> Boy, are we off topic. That's a quick, <coughs> excuse me, it's a very tangential 
thing. I'll let you think on that, and I'm going to get onto my list. And I'm going to go somewhere that you might not necessarily expect, right? And and I'm obviously going to to mention something that is is the you know 800 pound Navi in the room. I think Pandora is sort of the big news of 2017. But I'll tell you that that's not the first thing that came to my mind. Or my heart and my stomach. About it now. Well, no, no, I don't want to talk about because it it's not the. I'm, I want to go sort of in order of of things I'm most looking forward to and and the things I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that came to mind for a, my mind and my heart and my stomach for a variety of reasons was Epcot Center. No. Yes. No, really. No, I mean, really. no that's my next one. Well, that's okay. Well, listen, and I think because <laughs> we are kindred spirits, and and there's, you know, there's only a finite amount of things that are coming. We can. T- I, I want us to talk about these things together. And I really, I, I, I brought a lot of things in Epcot under this single umbrella, and I think we should. Listen, I only had a couple things. In, in that's Epcot, okay. Listen, so this, this is a, this a discussion. Good. It is not. It doesn't necessarily have to be a volley back and forth. We can do this well, an argument, um, which is what. We almost we can't. never we never argue. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so all right. So Epcot Center is what I'm most excited about, and there's really, I would say, four reasons why, and three of them are actually very similar, and they really have to do with special events. And the first one is the it's starting literally in days from when we're recording this. It's the new Epcot International Festival of the Arts, and which from- would be near and dear to my heart, but go ahead. Well, I think it's going to be near and dear to both of our hearts and stomachs because from January 13th through February 20th, it's like, it's a, it's like a trifecta. It's like a beautiful Trinity of different types of arts. There's the culinary arts, which are my favorite. So Mm -hmm. like food and wine and flower and garden festival, there will be food studios or booths that will have creations that are as beautiful to look at as they are to eat. The, the visual artistry will have artists from Mary Blair, so you'll find a lot of historical pieces in there and Herb Ryman, to some of the more modern artists and, more importantly, the opportunity for current artists to teach guests different creative techniques and tricks with hands-on workshops. And, and I love this because there are seminars that are complementary right, that they are included with your Epcot admission, and it could be anything from animation to cake decorating to calligraphy, which I took actually in college and did horribly in. Um, oh, really? There's a, yeah. Oh, I did, I, but uh-huh. um, that's what you get when you're a sociology and criminal justice major, but uh, you, okay. you will have the opera, and, and, I, and I, I really am excited about this, and we don't know a lot of details yet and exactly what these things are going to be, where and when, but like I think the the mission of Epcot, and we'll get to that too, and what you know the old Disney Institute used to be, you are actually going to leave with not only entertainment but new knowledge and the new skill set, and maybe for kids or young adult or any adult, possibly a new area of interest that you can look to continue to grow and cultivate. After you leave the the six weeks of the festival, uh, but I think this is really neat because there's also a performing arts aspect, which which is going to feature talent from Broadway singing Disney, you know, Disney music. So you really sort of get you know a, a lot of 
the things that I think make these experiences, especially I think Epcot, very special. You've got the food, you've got the art, you've got the music, you have things for kids to do with uh, Kid Cut Fun Stops. You'll dig this. Figment's Brush with the Masters Scavenger Hunt. You can Whoa. don your little Sherlock Holmes cat and hat and cape <laughs> and go find Figment um, throughout World Showcase. That's cool. Right? There's a World Showcase Destination Discovery Tour. It's a five-hour tour where you really get to learn a lot about the uh, culture and the history and the food and the architecture throughout the countries of World Showcase. This is, de- I mean, these are all things that I'm really looking forward to doing. And there's obviously a lot of signature dining experiences as well. You sort of have this Disney on Broadway concert series dining packages where you can combine your meal with um, reserved seatings for some of the concert series. So I think this is... I- there's a lot that I love already about this event, and I haven't seen it, but just the fact that it combines, I think, so many of the aspects that we love of flower and garden and food and wine, which are bigger and better again this year. Um, this is something I'm really, really looking forward to. And oh, by the way, did I mention all of the culinary art food studio kiosks? We brought that up a couple times, yeah. So- Good Gandhi. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> no, I'm so excited. Another a new festival at Epcot, which can only be good. Uh, but I, of course, love that it's a, it's the arts. And you, my, you are uh, drawn to the culinary arts, of course. I, I am so fascinated and can't wait to see the, the, the visual art and historical art artists. Um, exhibits and stuff that'll be on display that those will be amazing that's what's near and dear to my heart that's why i was ready to pounce on this one first until you stole it from me but um but mary blair especially she's one of my favorite artists and you know this because i told you um before christmas but my daughter offhandedly asked me to paint her something for christmas so i painted her a mary blair inspired collage of all her favorite things so so she's she's a very special artist to me and i can't wait to see a lot of her work on display. So, and somebody's having a birthday this year. A I, big. I think birthday. everybody's having a birthday this year. Uh, well, someone's having a big birthday this year, besides you. But someone's <laughs> turning thirty-five this year. <laughs> and that was the next part that, of of the thing that that excites me about Epcot. Yes, and um, of course we're dancing around the fact that Epcot's going to be 35 this year and I personally myself don't know of anything firm or that's stated that's going to be done in honor of this anniversary. I don't know if you've heard anything or if there are any tidbits out there what they'll be doing, if anything. Well, I think it's it's not that they we'll have necessarily... I think that they haven't necessarily told us anything as yet but I think the recent D20, the, the Destination D exhibit um, sort of hinted, and we mentioned this last week on the show in terms of, um, they hinted in terms of what is going to be coming to Epcot in the future, right? Bob Chapek said, he told his Imagineers, the park needs to, and again, I'm paraphrasing, to be fixed, right? And the changes and the additions that are coming are going to be 
very much quintessential Disney. They're going to be timeless. They're going to be family friendly. They're going to be relevant. But I think the thing that he hinted at that a lot of people really, and I think like you, who's a nostalgic like me, are, are hanging their hat and hopes on is that Epcot is going to remain true to the original vision. And I think that's, you know, subject to interpretation. But I think for a lot of people, that gives a sense that there are changes coming to Epcot Center that really might uh, bring it back around to Epcot Center from 1982. That would be nice. What would you like I, to see? Like if, if they said, Tim, you're in charge of Epcot oh. this year and you've got yes. this, this magical, mystical. Well, no one else mystical, is allowed in but me. We'll start with that. But you've got this – you've got budget – Forget budget. It, budget Forget doesn't budget. matter, right? What would you like to see? What what sort of a, an option for the future of Epcot that Timmy Foster would like to see? When you hear returning to this original vision, what what would you like to bring in? And now, are you talking? And I'll go both ways. Bring something back that I miss, or something you, this is, that I would like to put in that would it. Go back to the ideals of Epcot as it was originally set out to be. You go down whatever road your little mind takes you to. I, I got three. I'm going to go boom, boom, boom. One, I want the – I want Jeremy Irons in the city of the future back in Spaceship <laughs> Earth. I want the original figment back, as does everybody listening out there, the original imagination. Well, I'm there. I want Honey, I Shrunk the Audience back. I love that too. But that's okay. What I really, really want. Uh, Mission Space, I can handle it, but I want them to take that aside. Building is beautiful, but put in a 20-minute slow ride a la Spaceship Earth and Horizons about the wonders and mysteries of outer space, which is what I was hoping Mission Space was going to be when they announced it. That's what little Timmy Foster wants. Then I can be Luke Skywalker, but I don't have to worry about getting sick on it. So we're going to play, and I didn't, I don't didn't intend to do this, but for a second, I want to play a little armchair imagineering. Oh, dear. Would you like to see so? And there's obviously been discussion about the bringing in of uh, Disney IP into the parks, whether it be Nemo, whether it be. That's intellectual property for you. I apologize. The recovering attorney in me comes out. So intellectual property, brands and, and properties that Disney owns. Uh, Frozen, right? Yeah. Finding Nemo. Do you like this continuing trend of bringing this into the parks? Do you want to see Ratatouille in France? Do you want to see Guardians of the Galaxy in Future World? Well, no on that last one. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me as long as it doesn't. Intrude. We talked about this so much. Like Donald Duck in in um, Mexico was to me not. It was I was fine with it. It didn't bother me. It really changed the experience so much. I understand Nemo changes that attraction entirely. I happen to love it, but we also miss the old one. So it's a mixed bag. If they introduce it in a way that's uh, sticks to the original ideals of epcot then fine but 
so what are the original? Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to turn it into a bunch of Fantasyland rides, and, and then it's not Epcot anymore. It's just so what are the original? What are the original ideals of Epcot? To use a Timmyism. <clears throat> oh, it would be the the well in the future world part will stay there. <laughs> the exploration, discover, and wonderment of the promise of tomorrow. And the promise of technology, of imagination, of creativity, of progress. So can you still have okay. that with the integration of familiar figures, yes. stories, characters? Look, say yes, what you, you will. The guests that are lining up for Frozen for hours and hours at a time, <clears throat> I don't want to say that yeah. they don't care about, I'm not harshly saying that they don't care about the legacy and Epcot uh, uh, and their past, but they care about guest satisfiers. They care about the things that make them happy, less maybe than preserving what this you know original vision that, that the Imagineers interpreted for what Epcot should be when it first opened. Well, I put this – I'd like if, – if characters and IP, as we call it, are introduced and can tell the story of Epcot, whatever particular story we're telling, whether it's uh, space or future or uh, uh, different cultures around the world, then that's that's great. Like I, I wouldn't want to see – Universe of Energy ripped out and a triple looper roller coaster monsters ink thing come in there or something. Would you like, like that. to see the characters from inside out explain imagination? Ah, that would be interesting. That could be pulled off. So that's that what I'm saying. You can see, you see, can preserve that legacy done. while still bringing in you know sort of a, a blended approach to having both. Absolutely. If they if it, if it can thoughtfully be done and done well and integrated well, it. Uh, and it can, when done very well, only enhance the experience. And I do trust the wonderful minds at Disney Imagineering to do that. Um, you know, we hope money doesn't talk so much that it does generate the need to have thrill rides and whatnot at Epcot, which, you know, I wouldn't really like that so much. But um, no, but I think, I th yes, you can bring in. Characters can be brought in, and I, I think they can be integrated seamlessly and and even tell the story and even add a little bit of Disney magic to it. Like the the, I think the three caballeros are a perfect example of that in Mexico. Yeah. It did yeah. not disrupt it. They help to tell the story. They make it more attractive and relevant, especially for a younger group. I think that's what is happening. I think the similar thing happened with Nemo in the Living Seas. It didn't change the integrity of the attraction, but it made it more attractive. Yeah. So, yes, that definitely can be done. There you go. So there you go. This is, uh, I think Epcot is definitely going to be the subject of um, ongoing discussion. And I think we can maybe even do a, uh, there's an idea incubating in my mind as a result of this conversation about Epcot Center. And I think maybe as we get ready to celebrate its 35th anniversary on October 1st, 2017, um, this might be become even more interesting and a, and a fun discussion to have. But I want you to go next. We've talked about Epcot. We've talked about um, Star Wars. What is sort of the next thing that mm. came to mind for you? Well, you kind of blew by Pandora there. I didn't. Bl I didn't blow by it. I just it, it wasn't <laughs> next on my. Uh, uh, on my uh, well, you know, I will mention this, and I 
I, I am going to get to movies. I'm claiming that now, but I'll get I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, as I was researching this, and yes, I did homework for this show, believe it or not. Um, I was very pleased to know. We we all know uh, changes had been coming and were coming to one of my favorite resorts at Walt Disney World, the Wilderness Lodge, with the uh, recent construction of the villas at the lodge for the Disney Vacation Club. But I uh, discovered there's a there's a lot of new things coming to the Wilderness Lodge, which sound very promising and exciting. Um, in fact, uh, a whole retheming, in essence, of the resort itself, and especially the pool and area and the bungalows themselves, uh, is coming. The, what, what what we formerly knew know as Hidden Springs Pool is now going to become the Boulder Ridge Cove Pool. I'm not sure when that's happening or if that's happened yet, but um, it's going to have a whole but much like Disney Springs came with a whole new backstory that that um, formed a good backdrop to the whole reimagination of the place. The Boulder Ridge Cove story that's going to be a whole backstory having to do with the mid-20th century Pacific Northwest and how the fading of the transcontinental railroad prompted the locals to turn what used to be railroad tracks and trails into swimming holes and whatnot and everything else and i don't know that i haven't got all the details of the story straight i'm sure you can fill it in but there's a new eatery coming in which will be nice a new quick quick eatery place um so a lot there are a lot of exciting changes coming to the wilderness lodge in terms of the theming and the stories behind some of the things you'll see there so it'd be very interesting to see how that all comes together and um, all the not just the props and stuff we'll see, but the story and the untold stories that we'll uncover as they become shared by the Imagineers. That's a horrible sentence, but you know what I mean. So, um, so yeah, it's one of my favorite resorts there, and I'm very excited that a lot of new things are coming. So, so this was also on my list, and it was very high on my list. Uh, not just because and you can fill in the blanks I left out there. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm not just because up. there's going to be the new geyser point bar and grill, uh, over by the feature pool area, but because it's about story. And the one thing that really struck me about this announcement, and this is set to open in the summer. I I've been to the lodge recently. I went outside, was watching construction is moving along swimmingly as it were. Um, the fact that it's based and grounded in story, it, it really was sort of important, it seemed, for the Imagineers to lay the basis of the story, not just, hey, we're building new villas, we're going to call, they're, they're going to be tied in by name alone. No, they, they talk about the, the theming of Wilderness Lodge and how it all ties into the reason why the, the 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 pool is called what it's called why the the mining theme is there and the minecart uh um the artifacts and things like that are going to be there you're going to get a sense of history of this resort not just a history of the resort in but a history of the resort by way of story and i'm going to quickly just point you back to show number 208 where we do a a very very in-depth discussion and look at the history and the details and the stories that make up Wilderness Lodge because I think a lot of that Tim 
is lost on most guests unless you go and pick up the little newspaper and read about Aunt Jenny and read about some of the characters and the people and why things are the way they are. The walkway as you pass by Territory Lounge and head down to Roaring Forks, all of whose names are uh, significant, the colors and the lines and the architecture in that one section is important because it ties into story. It ties into this railroad history and this Pacific Northwest mining uh, group that so I, I really really like that and and forgive the the nerd in me coming out too late um, but it's more than just we're adding on rooms we're adding on villas we're gonna give it this name that there's there's a story behind it and I love that and then, look this is one of the the resorts that you can go and take a tour where you learn a lot about that stuff and I think the the resort tours and I'm going to have to do a show or maybe a video or something about these I think the resort tours are the way overlooked hidden gem wonderful experiences that most guests don't know are are there at the resorts you keep promising to take me on one but Listen, not yet. The next time you come down here, uh-huh. it's gonna be a, a Lou and Timmy fest. Uh huh. Every day. <laughs> I, all you right, say how about that every this? time, and I'm buying the frappuccinos. Wait a minute. I promise you this. I yes. promise you. The next time you come down here, uh-huh. I promise you a new adventure every day. You will oh. experience oh. and learn something. I In didn't mean park. that to sound as creepy as, as, as it did. I, you will learn something and experience something in Walt Disney World that you have never done before. Okay. That, I'm, I'm counting on that. Hold I me can't. to it. I will hold you to it. And uh, uh, you mentioned I'm going to uh, re- uh, basically restate what you just stated very eloquently. But even in, um, in celebrations recently, we had an article on the Wilderness Lodge that went into the incredible backstory that had been – uh, concocted by the Imagineers, which you mentioned most people don't know about, um, especially now in recent years because uh, a lot of the clues, as it were, to the backstory aren't really there anymore, the newspaper you would get when you check in and so forth. But um, that was always a fascinating part to me of the Wilderness Lodge was the incredible backstory behind it. And now that it's going to be – there's going to be a, a – addition or i don't want to say it's a new backstory but an additional backstory that will be a part of the wilderness lodge lore that i'm sure will also be very extensive and i'm sure a lot of you may not notice or realize it when they're there but worth well worth exploring and trying to find out all the secrets and why this is named this and why this looks like that and everything else and that would be very exciting to look forward to. And I'm very surprised. This is – what show number is this going to be? 471. And you think you just now came out with your nerddom, as you call it? <laughs> I think it came out um, – That it, it field ship out, sailed. Uh, a long, long time ago, I yeah. know. So one, two, three. I thought that was funny. So. All right, listen. Let's talk about the, the Navi in the room. Why don't we? I, you're, uh, you're obviously for some reason you did not put this necessarily, and this is not necessarily not my list. I, I think we, did, I think we're gonna do the same. We did this last year. Well, and I think look because again we can only talk about the thing, and I'm gonna talk about the things that 
I think might be coming. Uh, I'll get to that. Or maybe some things that I would want to see happen in 2017. But I think as details are slowly leaked about Pandora, and we see and look as a local and as I go by the the, the back section of Animal Kingdom, I see the, the park starting to come. Look, those floating mountains are spectacular and they're not done yet. What we've seen from released concept art and videos of the bioluminescent light and the ground. Look, I don't know if you were able to figure out what that image of the, the Navi was at the end of that video I have a feeling that 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 is not something that was just created for that. I think that you are going to see this autonomous giant nine foot Navi figure or figures or 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 inhabitants free roaming through Pandora, much like you saw Lucky the Dinosaur early iterations of Muppet Mobile Labs. I think that is what you are going to see. I think that. Pandora is going to blow people's minds. They're going to see things. And again, going back to the stuff we haven't heard yet that are going to really wow people in a way that maybe they haven't seen at Disney in a long time, right? Where they see something and the jaws drop open. I think that is what Pandora, the world of Avatar is going to do. Yes, we know about Flight of Passage where you you board these living and breathing banshees um that makes total sense right when we saw the movie that's the kind of thing that we imagined ourselves doing i think the navi river journey a little bit more of a family friendly type uh boat ride i think that's where you're going to see a lot of these audio animatronic navi i think we're going to see um ride systems and technologies that are probably like what and I haven't seen it in person or even in video yet, but from what I had heard or, or saw at D23 Expo about what uh, Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean is going to have to it, I think this is going to be, Tim, a, a beautiful, harmonic uh, combination of technology and environmentalism and the things that we love about the, the simple things about you know, rides like living with the land and then technology that is going to blow us away. And I've said in the past and and Animal Kingdom and by by virtue of the, the late nights we're seeing now and Rivers of Light, when it finally debuts in its full form, this is going to be the park that people want to spend their nights in. And I will tell you that Tiffins and the lounge are just sort of the gateways to that experience because we're seeing, you know, even from the food offerings, Animal Kingdom is about to up its game in a monstrous kind of way. And I think Pandora is going to surprise and delight and and thrill people in ways that they have not uh, seen before. Food. It's always comes back. To well, food. I think. Listen, I think it's you laugh. I know you laugh at me. <laughs> no, no, I don't I laugh. But I at think you, food in the you. parks is important, Tim, because well, for a lot of people, that's something that guests in the past. That's something very easy to complain about, right? <clears throat> when you go to a wedding, the bride may look beautiful, the flowers are great, the venue is awesome, the band is great, or the DJ. But if the food stinks. That's what you remember. Like, that's Not what you on salmon. I said it twice. <laughs> but you go to Disney World. You're like, oh, the food is okay. You go to Disney World to go, 
I went to Tiffin's in Animal mm. Kingdom and the food blew me away. I have friends who are in town now who made a special trip to Animal Kingdom the night before a marathon because they needed to go to Tiffin's because they've heard either from other of their friends who've been there or just through the grapevine at just how good it is. You don't hear that about theme park food you know, before there's not a lot of restaurants that are attractors to the theme parks. That's what Tiffin's is going to be. And I think not just for animal kingdom, I think that is starting to uh, a trend that we're going to see continuing in the parks in 2017. Well, that will be wonderful. What do you, what do you, what do you, that'll be wonderful. You eat a golden corral and that's about it. So all you can eat taco <laughs> bar. Come on. Stop it. Stop Chocolate it. fountains. <laughs> It's mad. <laughs> now, for Pandora, I, I, I joke about Pandora. And I know we talked, we, we've talked about this for several years now, but I am with you. The promise of what this can be is what I really, really am excited for. And what, you know, whatever your thoughts were for the movie, which seems f- was forever ago by now, but um, when, I, when I first heard that this was going to become a new part of the animal kingdom. Um, the promise of being immersed in the beauty of Pandora. What the what I loved about the Avatar film more than anything was the visuals and the beauty of the the, uh, the bioluminescent forest and th- those parts. And what I was most looking forward to and am looking forward to is if they Disney can bring that to life, that would be incredible. And from everything we're seeing and everything that we've heard that's exactly what's going to happen and that's what i i am really excited to see that and and as you said some of the visual things that we've seen so far are astounding and like you mentioned we've, we haven't seen everything yet and i think what what's coming is going to be even more amazing and the other th- thing about pandora that i didn't really think about till recently is that it it does fulfill one of the original promises of the animal kingdom in exploring uh, the variety of nature of animals past, present, and of fantasy. And we never really got to the fantasy beast part um, with the animal kingdom as it came together in its final form or in its current day form. But with Pandora coming in, now we have the promise of that now. Now we have, we're going to see imagined creatures and creatures of fantasy and from um from stories um that were part of the original promise of the animal kingdom that was very exciting and i'm I'm glad that that's coming to the parks as well and like you said the 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 beauty of what the pandora land promises to be especially at night is going to be amazing and and it will be it won't be a I know you hate this term, but it won't be a half-day park anymore. It's, this is going to be a a true destination, and and I and I am very excited to see it. I've been just been waiting and waiting and waiting, but hopefully this is the year it all comes to pass, and we see it all. And I'm not going on flight of passage. I'm telling you now. Yes, you will, and you and I are yeah. going to go together because flight. Look, I think what you take flight me on these rides. I think flight of passage and and Navi River Journey, and I think. No, I'm even, in for that. That's, but I think yeah. even beyond the attractions, like the Satuli Canteen and Wind Traders, and uh, I think there's going to be 
a blend of storytelling and technology that is a a marriage and a hybrid of the the physical and the digital, right? I think we're going to see technology that we haven't seen before, but I still think we're going to see that real world, three dimensional, beautiful artwork and imagery that the Disney Imagineers are, are are famous for, and I think that is really one of the things that I'm excited. I think the storytelling here, and we've already started to see little hints of that, right? They, they've already started to sort of lay the groundwork about how, you know, uh, RDA was there and, and the technology they left behind is now sort of overgrown. So it is going to be very lush and layered. And I think there's going to be many layers of the storytelling that's going to happen. Um, I think, and I was going to get to sort of my predictions later, but I will throw this in there. I think Pandora much like I felt about Cars Land and California Adventure, which I felt at the time was the most spectacular thing Imagineering had created in a long time, I think that is what Pandora is going to be. I think it is going to be a game changer, not just for Animal Kingdom, not just for Walt Disney World and the Disney parks, but I think in the theme park industry, Pandora is going to set the bar to a new height. Well, I think the promise of what this can be is what, I'm looking forward to the most. And, and to me, it brings together all of the best that Disney can do. And it's not just if this were any other park, fill in the blank. Um, if they were building, building an avatar land, most likely in other venues, it would be a couple roller coasters with a little bit of retheming to take on some of the themes from the film. And that would be the end of it. But at the Animal Kingdom with Pandora Land, you're, we're bringing together incredible ride technology, which we're going to see. But we're going to see the amazing attention to detail, the storytelling, um, and as it, the 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 land promises not to be about the two main headliner attractions that are coming, but more about just immersing yourself into this new exotic and beautiful world and not if you even never went on the attractions just to take in the sights and the sounds and and the experiences that that the imagineers will bring to life which as a that's that's what disney does best marrying the technology attractions but with a backstory with the details and with all of the storytelling magic that they bring to it and that's what's going to to me, I hope in my heart, and I know we'll make Pandora a spectacular place once it's all ready to go. You know, I remember when they announced this back in 2011, and the collective Twitterverse in 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 some areas lost their marbles. People swearing, yeah. "I will never step foot in Animal <laughs> Kingdom ever again," um, because they just could. I think this is going to change a lot of yeah. people's uh, opinions, and I don't mean that in a – I mean in a good way. Uh, I think this is going to really it, – it's going to um, – it's going to go far beyond what people's expectations and more importantly what their fears were. And I've said this over and over again. I wish that I could go and had the time and the talent to go and take the original Avatar movie and edit it down, taking out mm-hmm. all of the fighting and the, the, the stuff like – and show visually – 
what right. that world is. And like you said, it ties into the theme and, uh, of conservation, um, the, the yeah. symbiotic relationship between, you know, the inhabitants and the, the planets, which is what Animal Kingdom is all about. So um, I am clearly very excited about that um, and not just eating at, at Tiffin's for well. the first time. So. No, I agree. I, I was not that I'm in the Twitterverse, but I was probably one of those people who kind of went, oh, when upon hearing the news, um, wishing, you know, it was Harry Potter land, but that went somewhere else. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but my hope was when I first heard that this was coming many, many, many years ago, that was my hope that the land would focus on the visual and um uh, symbiotic nature aspects, the ones you mentioned, the, those messages of the movie, and would focus on the beauty of the planet and not the the story elements and making thrill rides for the sake of making thrill rides. And much to my delight, and I hope that the light of the Twitterverse out there, that's exactly what Disney's doing with it. And um, and I, I, you've gotten me excited now, Lou. And look, you've I got- said this in the past. I and I think we as Disney enthusiasts. <laughs> Look, Imagineering has earned our trust, you know, in decades of doing this. And and not to single out anybody, but I will. I think Joe Rohde has more than earned not just the respect, but the trust in people. You know, he is a Disney enthusiast. He is a visionary. He is a, a remarkable artist and a leader and a craftsman. And I think, you know, he too, look at what you know, his resume is and the things that he has done and touched and built and created. Um, He being at the helm of this, I think James Cameron having that same sort of uh, attention to detail, importance of story um, are the reasons why I believe and trust in this uh, so much, having seen nothing more than the same thing everybody else has, which is just some descriptions and concept art. I agree. So I know you you <laughs> criticize, dare I say, mock no. me. Um, it's like high school and middle school and grammar school all over again. Well, you criticize and you mock me about my uh, my love of food at Disney World. Um, so I I'm, love your love of food because I benefit <laughs> from it when I'm down there. So I am going to take that that mockery and that love and go to Disney Springs and tell you that. And if you heard the 2016 recap show. I and my family and my friends and so many other people I know who are locals really love Disney Springs and what has it become in terms of the dining and the entertainment and the atmosphere and the ambiance and the story and the the drone show and and the boathouse and Morimoto and the boathouse. But in terms of going forward in 2017, I think there's still a lot more to come. And yes, it does happen to revolve around food. Um, There's the first wine bar called Wine Bar George is going to be there, which is going to have sort of these tapas size appetizer portions, a uh, hundred different selections of wine. The important takeaway is that you do not have to be a wine enthusiast or even a wine drinker. It is another venue. It's another location that is going to be beautiful and tie into the story. And I think a lot of what's happening at Disney Springs is is what is old is becoming new again. There's a lot of updates to some of the original Pleasure Island and and Downtown Disney and Lake Buena Vista Village uh, establishments that are there. You know, Fulton's Crab House, the Empress Lily is becoming paddlefish, right? It's going to be, you know, high-end, you know, top-of-the-line seafood, 
again, taking t- taking advantage of this not just trend to have outdoor seating, but this rooftop dining area is going to take advantage of the water that really was just sort of secondary or tertiary to what Pleasure Island used to be. Um, Planet Hollywood is becoming the Planet Hollywood Observatory. I, I dig the idea of the theming. It makes me think about what the Astronomers Club might have been in Tomorrowland. I think, and I talked about this last week, having a celebrity chef name, having Guy Fieri attached to it, um, changes the the makeup of the menu, right? Planet Hollywood was sort of where you went. You took your kids and you watched the movies and it was somewhat loud and the, the menu was pedestrian at best. I think now it's going to be a place that you go for the story, the theming, the food. Obviously, you know, major updates in terms of uh, memorabilia. The restaurant I am really looking forward to is the Edison. And I have friends who have visited the California version which is anything but pedestrian. Um, It is going to look like a 1920s uh, era power plant. It's going to fit into the story of Disney Springs. There's going to be live music, which is one of the things that I love both in and out of the venues there. Um, A wide variety of American cuisine. But I think what you're also going to see is, look, it... Again, we're talking about nostalgia. We're talking about the way things used to be and things that we miss. It is not going to be the Adventurers Club, but I think it's going to be the first of possibly many closer steps to becoming that in terms of the theming and the story and what it looks like. And look, we saw things like that in terms of cool theming and story in in something as simple as Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar with all the details there. I think the Edison is going to take that to another level. I think that the, the sort of this industrial gothic theming is very cool. It's very different from what anything else is in, in Disney Springs. But I think there is a, a lot of creativity and imagination that's going to go not just in the menu and what's served there, but in the theming and the story and the entertainment aspect of what the uh, the um, the Edison is going to bring. You're going to take me. I will take you. I will take you. You come here, Timmy. I will take you wherever you want to go and probably some <laughs> places you there. don't. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's always an adventure. But that's what it's so. supposed to be. Right, I'm going to make you a little like like Carl and Ellie. I'm going to make a Lou and Timmy adventure book, and we're going to record all of our adventures over the years. Ooh, okay, (laughs) all food related for sure. Probably. (laughs) All right. So, anything else that you're looking forward to in 2017? Well, yeah. Well, since you totally skipped over me and did two in a row there, that's fine. But did I really? Yeah, you did. Sorry. I get ex- I'm a, listen, clearly I'm excited. I am an optimist. I'm an, I am. And that's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be excited for what is to be coming. You know what I'm excited about? The food. Going to the movies. That's what I'm excited about. So I'm, <laughs> you're supposed to respond like, woo-hoo. <laughs> I'm not a woo yeah. Just so you know, I'm not a woo-hoo yeah. guy. I'm just not a woo I've heard you woo I'm not a woo When that plate of nachos lands in front of you. <laughs> it, I I'm, it, it might have been a squeeze. I have heard <laughs> sounds coming out of your mouth that I've never heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nachos, by the way. All right, go ahead. 
I'm excited for the movies too. And now, the, I, now, last year we they didn't say we went off off uh, off off the board a little bit. Talked about movies this year. Promises. There's so many movies this year coming out. And actually, as I was going through them all, um, I, I was it was kind of funny to see how intertwined everything was in terms of. Uh, actors who were in one and they were in another and, and, and that sort of thing. But So how do we split this up? Um, well, tell me... Uh, let me ask you this. I'm going to start with Disney, Disney movies. Can you t- uh, tell me one thing first? Yes. When you hear movies in 2017, and, let's, and obviously I think movies is inclusive of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, mm-hmm. what is the one movie that just has... Tiny Timmy Foster, like you're just giddy, like your little legs are shaking in your seat. You can't wait to see. The one I'm waiting to the, I was going to say the end, that one. Episode eight, of course. Okay. Star Wars. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> There's not even a close second. I I, yeah, disag- you- I disagree. Well, what are you looking for? I to- dare I say I vehemently disagree. Vehemently disagree. Adele, All right. You know what, Wait, Timmy Foster? I know, I know what movie. I, I know. Wait a minute. I'm going to tell you that I have at least, and I'm just going to, at least three movies that I'm more excited about than Star Wars Episode 8. I'm and I'm sad to say, say that, but it's true. I'm sad you're saying that too because we can't be friends anymore. But I'm going to guess what is one of them Spider Man. <laughs> the one. Is Spider-Man. Yeah, I knew it. I, I am it. as giddy uh, as a six-year-old schoolgirl. Running look, around. Look at the shelves behind me of my Spider-Man memorabilia from a little – since I was a little tiny kid. I will not mm-hmm. tell you to look at the underoos. Spider-Man <laughs> Homecoming and, by the way, the new animated series that's oh. coming to Disney XD. Listen, Kevin Feige is – you want to talk about superheroes? Kevin Feige is my superhero. I love that man. And I am so excited for what Spider-Man Homecoming, this is when they get Spider-Man right. And Tom Holland, you, my friend, you are Peter Parker. <laughs> Michael hey, Keaton I- is the vulture. Come on, man. As long as I got my Robert Downey Jr., I'm fine. <laughs> so... All right, well, that's, well, I mean, what else would be on your list? Well, well, hmm. What else is on my list? Well, no, you there, you had you said you had three you would take Easy. over. Easy. Number two, very quickly, right Guardians behind is of the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Two, okay. How do you, I mean, how do you not put that there? Guardians, I've watched Guardians of the Galaxy. I can still, I could watch Guardians of the Galaxy once a week. No sweat. Hmm. I bet you have too. And I don't judge me. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of TV, but Never. you know, I, I do love Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Try and well, you want to gush on about Guardians of the Galaxy for a while? Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I won't. I, I won't. I'm I'm curious I'm to see to the attraction in in Disney California Adventure and what might mm-hmm. be coming elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. this is not the last you're hearing of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Let's see. You want more? Uh, I'll give you more. No, oh yeah, no, give me more. No, I'm puzzled. You, I'm really puzzled at your third one. So I'm going to lump three of them. We're looking forward to more than episode eight, which I'm going to talk about later. <laughs> but listen, you've got Toy Story four, Cars three, Pirates of Thor, Ragnarok. I just like saying yes! Ragnarok. Beauty and the Beast. 
I will tell you. I, I, I stop. You're stealing my whole list here. You can't do that. Obi Wan Kenobi is in Beauty and the Beast. How, come shut on! Up. Right, shut up! Just shut up right now. Obi Wan Kenobi and Olaf. Obi Wan Kenobi, Olaf, and Hermione are in Beauty and the Beast. I, right. like, you know what? On. I give up. I give up. Take it. Go. Go. Listen. Go. I get to. I'm sorry. I I'll mute my mic. I get to. I'm excited. I'm literally standing up as I'm recording. Oh my gosh! All right, well, first we're going to start. We're going to Beauty and the Beast live action film coming out in March, starring Emma Watson, better known as Hermione Granger from Harry Potter, and of course Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi as Lumiere. Since you stole my thunder from all that, thanks. Jeez. Um, sorry. <laughs> what else? See Disney. Well, you mentioned Cars three, of course. Um, let's see the latest Pixar thing, Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Men Tell No Tales. I saw the trailer for that at Rogue One. It looks Do it in the um, voice. Do it. Do it. Do the voice. Do the pirate. Voice? Do the Dead Men Tell No Tales. Do it like you hear it in the in the attraction. Dead Men Tell No Tales. That was awful, but go ahead. That's okay. That's that fine. was the that was you when you mix this for the which you I never you never do, but put the reverb up way up on it. But <laughs> <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean Looks to be a, I, all all your favorites are Johnny Depp's coming back, Jeffrey Rush coming back, Orlando Bloom, some Keira Knightley's coming, um, but Javier Bardem as the bad guy, as Captain Salazar, I can't wait to see that he was um, the main. I, if everyone hasn't seen the trailer yet, at least the one I saw in the theater, he was the main feature of the trailer, and he is looks to be going to be amazing in this film. Um, he's such a he's such a great bad guy anyway. But um, the in the trailer, I had shivers in the trailer watching um, him deliver his lines, which I forget what they were. But so that'll be fun to watch. And um, what else? You stole all my other. You mentioned Thor. That I I can't wait to see that. Um, I it, it was funny because as I'm watching all the Marvel's films, Thor was the one I kind of had hanging out there. I was like, yeah, I'll watch that sometime. Love that guy. Love that guy. Love Loki more. I, I, I'm going to say, I love Loki. Loki needs his own film. Why I can't go get Loki action figures as easily as the other ones is beyond me. Do you want me to get you a Loki action? I can make that happen. Yeah. I, I am, I've looked high and low. I can get Captain Timmy Foster, America. as a belated Christmas present to you, I'm going to get you a Loki action figure. Thank you. Thank you. Loki's coming back. What if Loki's I got you a Loki action figure with Tom Hiddleston's autograph. Ugh. That would be... Man, have you seen Tom Hiddleston dance? <laughs> you, <laughs> that sounds like the name of a book. Have you seen Tom Hiddleston dance a novel by Tim Foster? <laughs> oh, it's YouTube it, my friends. You, you, you will not be disappointed. Mark Ruffalo coming back as the Hulk. Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange and Thor. This is... Um, one I'm really looking forward to. Of course, we're all leading up to the Infinity War, but that's not next year. That's coming later. So, um, oh, well, episode eight, since you kind of stole it away from me. Uh, yes, I'm wait, very wait, much wait, looking. Wait, wait, wait. Did I miss something? No. But how cool, seriously, how cool is Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, like, cool beyond. He was beyond. Khan. He's Doctor Strange. Like, He's he, was a... the guy, he was the guy who broke the code in that movie. 
whose name is escaping. No, he's incredible. <laughs> the guy uh, that broke the whole code in that movie. Now, you know the movie, the who broke the German code, uh, Enigma or whatever it was called. <laughs> The, 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 you know what movie everybody know everybody out there knows and they're groaning at you because you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just gonna let you just sit there and just and flounce around for a little bit. <laughs> and and I, and listen, people are yelling at us because we didn't say that he's also Sherlock Holmes. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. They're yelling at me now. But uh, so episode eight. Can we talk about episode eight now? Is it okay? So is that is that the is episode eight sort of the, the? I missed another one. You want to throw in? Well, there it is because, and I'm surprised you didn't mention this. Actually, is episode eight sort of the climax of your movie list? Like, is that what you were sort of well, building well, apparently up? Apparently not, Lou. Which one did I skip over inadvertently? Coco. Like, not. I don't mean Coco Chanel, but Coco, the 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 Pixar movie. Okay, tell me all about it. <laughs> you've you've never heard of this, have you? <laughs> it's the the. The Mexican little boy, Mexican boy. There's a whole like Day of the Dead kind of stuff. No, keep going. Nothing? Talk about it. Go ahead. That's all I know. That's all I really know. What do you want from me? Coco follows a 12 year old boy named Miguel who sets off a chain of events. Wait, it really- oh wait, here it is. Yeah, Coco. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know? It's like he just discovered <laughs> fire. Oh look, it's Coco. Now, come on, you know it. Uh, Coco follows the story of a 12-year-old boy named Miguel who sets off a chain of events relating to a century-old mystery leading to an extraordinary family reunion. I didn't know about Stop that. Stop it. Move on to Star Wars. Just go ahead. Star Wars. Yes, episode 8, December 15th. Will we find out who Ray is? I hope so. Or I don't hope so. I don't know. But yes, we have... This family has fallen in love with the Force Awakens, and we can't get enough of it. We can't get enough of Ray. We can't get enough of BB-8, of Kylo Ren, of all of the new Star Wars goodness that came our way. So we cannot wait till December 15th, if that date holds true, for Episode 8. And we see all of our favorite characters coming back, including Captain Phasma, who I hope has a much bigger role, because she's just the coolest. And if I watched Game of Thrones, I would be excited to see, well... Wouldn't see her because she's on her mask, but Gwendolyn Christie again. But I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know who that is. But um, I also saw Laura Dern has been cast in the film in some role from Jurassic Park. So that would be exciting to see what she's going to be doing. But um, no, but that, you asked what, what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. So how could I not be excited about this movie? I will. Every day is going to be a countdown until December 15th. Answer me this. And yes. think before you answer. Uh oh. Rank the Star Wars films. You're not going to like best it. Best to worst. You're not going to like this. Go. I, I, I've thought about this a there's, lot. Look, there's no wrong answer except if it's not the right answer. So except go ahead. If it's mine. You're not going to like it. <laughs> go ahead. And there's. All right. I, I'm leaving The Force Awakens out because it's. You not, can't. It, no, 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 no. Oh, do I just throw that in there? All right. Listen to the. Listen. Yes. Listen. Rank the Star Wars films from best to worst. Go. The seven. Are we are we counting Rogue One in this? You can, however, whatever you want to include on your I'm list. Just counting episodes. No, just you can include any any Star Wars film. No, I'm I'm telling you, I'm in. I'm only doing the seven. Go ahead. This is hard enough already. All right, best to worst. Go ahead. 
Is that, is that how I'm doing this? Yes. Best, there's no question. If anybody thinks otherwise, you're just wrong. And it's A New Hope, the original. Four. There's no, there's no discussion there. Go ahead. Uh... Mm. Only because it's fresh in my mind and we're living it in the moment, I will put Force Awakens second. I will put Revenge of the Sith third. I will put Return of the Jedi with a provision that they take the disco scene out next. Um, I'm going to surprise you with my last three here. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be happy. The internet will not be happy, but I have personal reasons for this. Go ahead. <laughs> Phantom Menace is next on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, Attack of the Clones. And leading up at the bottom of the pack for me, and you can all write me nasty letters, is The Empire Strikes Back. So you left... Um, <laughs> I li- hold it, you, you left... Rogue One off the left just to make I sure. Told you I was okay, I want to make sure. So your so your list is four seven three six one two five, right? That Star Wars, right. Yep. Force Awakens. Yep. Okay. Episode three, yep. Jedi. Episode one, Episode two, and then Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Timmy Foster. I can explain myself. Wait, wait, no, no, no. But I know nobody wants to hear. Listen it, to me. I have my personal reasons. You just broke. You just broke the internet. It's like you cracked the code for <laughs> how know, much look, could you mess up the list in look, order? Look, first, I know there is there is a my face hurts. large oh. population out there screaming, "The Empire Strikes Back is the best of the movies by far." It was darker. It was more serious. It was the best film of all of them. And I, I don't see it. I, all I remember when I was a little kid and I saw it and it didn't end. It just stopped. And I was sad because it just just stopped. It didn't finish like the first one did. And as a little kid, my my limited intellectual capacities couldn't handle this thought of a cliffhanger and I had to wait three more years to see what happened next so so I have deep personal feelings and the Phantom Menace I'm gonna I'm throwing it out there the Phantom Menace gets ranked high for me only because the Phantom Menace is as Star Wars was to me and to you we grew up on it I saw it 13 times in the theater you saw it 27 I know you told me that way, we grew up with this. It changed our lives. The Phantom Menace was my daughter's Star Wars. She was around the same age, and we saw it seven times, and she went over and over again. We saw it. Seven. It's more of a nostalgic reason why I put that up so high. But, but A New Hope is far and away number one. Do you do you at least agree with that? Of all the crazy things you've ever said to me, Foster, the only thing that I agree with on that list. Is that Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope is first, and I know a lot of people put Empire first. Right, I I know a lot of people put Empire first, and I can absolutely see that. They do, and I that's why I know I'm getting a lot of grief right now. I can hear you. I can hear you screaming out 
there Look, and, and for me uh, and I don't want to get into a whole Star Wars discussion but episode oh, yeah. 4 is there because it was groundbreaking it was it laid the foundation of everything that was to come not just in the Star Wars universe but for filmmaking uh, I, forgive me for for saying this telling the story when that star destroyer came across the screen within the first 10 seconds of the film it was Greatest unlike anything we've never seen that before Right, but we immediately became vested in the characters. You wanted to be Luke Skywalker. You wanted to be Obi Wan Kenobi. Anything in your house became a lightsaber, a, a concept that did sword play between kids. So, like, hardly you weren't pretending you were Errol Flynn. All of a sudden, everything, every tube of Christmas wrapping paper became a lightsaber. Every kid wanted or had the action figures. You knew those names the second you walked out of the film, which is something I did not get with Rogue One. And look, I, I don't want to continue to go on. This could be a separate conversation for a separate day. <laughs> I think we're dragging this one out. A but for bit. me... So, but just what are your next six? Just real quick. Here's, here's the list. Here's the order. Then this is the right list. This is the this is the right list in in Lumon. Look, everybody has their opinions. There's no right or wrong answer except yours. Uh, Yours was yours was very wrong. But here it is. I couldn't be be more wrong. How much longer (laughs) could I? The only thing you got right was episode four. Here's my list. Mm -hmm. Episode four, the original Star Wars: New Hope. Episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. Episode six, Return of the Jedi. Episode Mm -hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Star Wars movie universe ends. One, two, and three. Oh, and you don't even. Go I don't even acknowledge that that they prequels yeah. don't exist. I wanted to love them. I wanted to love Episode One. I, I, I tried. I went to the movies a million times. I still have boxes full of action figures and collectibles, which will be going up on eBay soon. Um, and then it's been downhill from there. And look, it's me. It's not you, Star Wars. It's me. I think the farther I've, I've gotten away from them, the more disconnected I've become. So my universe lives in the, my memories of seven-year-old Lou Mangiello and, and four, five, and six. And I still have my lightsaber. I still have my hand Solo blaster. And those are the characters that I love. And those are... And as I've gotten farther away, it, it has not res- resonated with me as much. But four, five, six, seven is my list. Uh, are you done with films? Are you- <laughs> no, I'm going to call you out on a lot. I'm going to call you out for a violation on your part now. How much do you love Marissa Tomei as Aunt May in Star Wars? Love Marissa Tomei. <laughs> <laughs> I never not- thought I would say that I had a crush on Aunt May before, but there you go. Oh, well... The Aunt May and the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. She was, she was she a was lovely a, woman. She was, she was a lovely a, woman. All right, you, you since you've you, since you knocked episodes one, two, and three just out of the run, they're not even on the list. No, I'm calling you on the carpet with a small. You have a small little window of wiggle room here, but for you <laughs> pouncing all over my list before I could even get started, like you always do. And blurting out all five, you know, going through five movies before I could open my mouth. And you went, Beauty and the Beast, Hermione is Emma Watson, Obi-Wan Kenobi as Lumiere. No, no, no. You cannot say Obi-Wan as Lumiere if you're dismissing episodes one, two, and three out of hand as that they didn't exist. The only little window I'm going to give you is the Ray flashback scene where you hear him say, these are your first steps. I'll I'll give you that, but I'm barely giving that. But I'm calling on the carpet for using. I will say, 
Ewan you, McGregor. Those episodes so. Ewan McGregor is a is a phenomenal actor. Absolutely. And he to me like you can tell he see he studied the mannerisms of Alec Guinness cuz I bought into him as a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I will tell you, there was a little bit of giddiness when Qui-Gon Jinn says, Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan was like, oh my God, come on. <laughs> like I freaked out. And then the rest of the movie stunk. See? But, but. <laughs> so, moments to be found there. There were moments. And the lightsaber battle with Qui-Gon and Dar- spectacular. It called back to the original Star Wars Look, there, there's. Uh, I kid, right? I'm, I'm kidding, right? Episode one was okay. I, I wished it was a little bit better. It was, it, you know, I loved it when it came out, and it, it did sort of start to go downhill for me. But like I said, my universe lives in the original trilogy, and, and there's. Um, I kid around about it being a right and wrong answer. Whatever resonates with you, you're whatever. Kidding, you're kidding, hurts. <laughs> Sticks and stones, Mangello. Listen, my answer is wrong. You, yeah. You're going to get so many <laughs> posts on your message board. Listen, there is no wrong answer. There wrong. is no wrong answer. Wrong, but wrong, I would wrong. be curious if you agree with Timmy Foster, 4736125. It's like it's like I'm I'm giving away your 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 locker combination. If your your order is 4736125, if you have a match with Timmy Foster, <laughs> Please let me know, and I'll connect you to uh, you two crazy kids. I'll be the only other person I've met that. Is there anything else close. on your list as we look forward to 2017? Oh gosh, uh, let me see. We did Pandora, we did Wilderness Lodge. Hey, there's a new raft ride coming to Typhoon. There Lagoon. is Misfortune yeah. Falls. You see what they did there? Yeah. I dig it. Captain Mary Oceaneer. So you and I are going to go on that, and we're going to get. Soaking wet. Uh, I got to get in shape. Uh, but I will tell you so, what I love about that, right? And you started sort of, you hinted yes. to it about Captain Mary Oceaneer and, and uh, the, the idea about the, the, you sort of go through a journey through her past. I love the fact that the attraction is story driven once again, right? There, it's not just, oh, here's a new raft ride. They are laying the groundwork for the story right there and you're seeing that tim in everything that disney is doing everything has a purpose everything has a reason everything has a story and that is one what i love i love it too and i will end well, we'll end where we began with what i'm most looking forward to is what we don't know is coming you mean like the replacement for the main street electrical parade what what you mean like the replacement for stitch's greatest Escape? what <laughs> You mean like the replacement for Voyage of the Little Mermaid or or One Man's... What? <laughs> yes. And, and look, I, I am as well. Um, and I will tell you, uh, so is there anything else on your list? Uh, nope. I will tell you from a uh, a relatively personal perspective, and by personal, I'm talking to you, my friend, the listener, from a WWE radio perspective, I'm excited for a lot for what is coming, including the unknown uh, for WW Radio. Look, we have D23 Expo coming again this year. We'll be there and we'll be live broadcasting. We'll have a booth on the floor. We have a, a very Timmy Foster. We have a very special event as yet to be announced. Uh, we've got the Double what? Dip what? Cruise this summer. We've got the Shanghai trip coming in September which I'll be sharing, obviously, via social and, and via live. 
Um, there's You're something... taking me to Shanghai? Uh, virtually. Awesome. Um, there's something else that I'm going to announce for October that's um, that I, I will be announcing soon. Um, oh, by the way, it's mm. also going to be the 10th anniversary of said WDW radio podcast. Get so, out. So listen, there's a lot of little tricks and things and products and stuff and things that are happening. Please, 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 if you have not liked the Facebook page and turned on notification at facebook.com slash radio, please go and do that. Um, there is more to come in 2017, and um, I'll be doing a lot more live stuff um, on, on the site and show as well. A couple of other little tricks up my sleeve. Um, but there is so much more coming, like I said, including especially what we don't know yet, which is what excites me. Um, I think if I was to throw out some... Uh, dare I say predictions for the future. I think that we will see in the Disney parks, another continuing renewed sense of nostalgia, uh, maybe coming not just to uh, Epcot center. I think that you'll be seeing that elsewhere in the parks and resorts. Uh, I think you might see some things that will surprise you. In, in that regard, uh, I think Disney Springs will continue to be um, the destination, uh, more of a destination that is going to be. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to leave my predictions at that because there's a couple of things that I think are going to be coming true. You're holding, and uh, you're holding back. I'm going to hold back a tell, little bit. I can tell you're holding. Back. But I think uh, I will we'll say talk, this. We'll talk I will after say this. Yeah, I think, and I hinted to this earlier. I think um, some things that were old will be new again in the mm-hmm. next twelve to eighteen months. Mm. And I have two words for you: Tomorrowland. Okay, Tomorrow, it's, it's one word. I know it's one word. It's one word. Yeah. It is one word. Um, what I Timmy also do predict, word in there. Timmy Foster, is yep. much more from and with and by and together with said aforementioned little Timmy Foster from CelebrationsPress.com. <clears throat> there will be many more top tens. There will be many new adventures and or culinary experiences with you. And I want to thank you, Timmy Foster, from the bottom of my heart, in all seriousness, not just for a wonderful 2016, but for the many years of friendship and laughter and love and support that you have given me and the show. I could not do this without you. And uh, there's no, well, there's a few, there's probably a top 10 people I would love to do top 10s with, but you're at least in the top 12 running. So. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to screw it up, but I felt myself getting all choked up. You're a good man, Charlie <laughs> Brown. You're a good man. Well, thanks. I, I'm. I'm. I appreciate the little. T- I am five nine, you know, and you're. I'm taller than you. So everybody's taller than me. Who are you kidding? I know. So I, saying I would, that you're taller would, than Lou Mangello is. Like, <laughs> I would. I would be careful of throwing the little around as a. As a. As a. It's a term of endearment. Term of endearment. At least you don't call me bananas anymore. Not well. Maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs>
So thank you for the years that have passed. Oh, I thought I, we were done. We are, and thank you for for. <laughs> no, wait! All the cool stuff you said, do for your Facebook page for you. Do it for celebration. <laughs> Everybody, come to our Facebook page and and our magazine. Our new book is out. We have. Well, I don't know what we're doing next year, but we're gonna have all kinds of new stuff. Stop coughing over my plug, and um, uh, I'm sure the hope is we will have a book or two every year so something will be coming out <laughs> soon at some point um new the on worst the way. plug ever <laughs> <sighs> but i've <laughs> now there's we have uh, we have lots of cool stuff that i don't know if coming, is coming. <laughs> come visit us and check it out our newest issue has just come out spaceship earth is on the cover it's spectacular and i take the picture so it's even <sighs> You're sweating? I'm sweating. <laughs> it's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge, not just of Walt Disney World's history, but how well you pay attention to the details in what you see, in what you taste, and sometimes in what you hear, if you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we had just started celebrating New Year's, and for about 15 years at Walt Disney World, you were actually able to celebrate New Year's Eve not just one night a year, but every single night. And when I say celebrate, I mean there was fireworks and confetti and food and bad 90s fashion and lots more. And your question last week was to tell me where in Walt Disney World from 1990 to about 2005 could you celebrate New Year's Eve every single night? Well, not only did thousands of you get this correct, but I appreciate so many of you sharing stories and photos, not just of the bad fashion, but your moves at mannequins or your time out on the promenade in Pleasure Island. And if you remember, back in 1986, Disney announced plans for a new area that they were going to build next to the downtown Disney marketplace called Pleasure Island. I think this sort of was in response to a lot of guests going into places like Church Street Station in downtown Orlando to go out and enjoy some bars and clubs and some after-hours locations like that. Pleasure Island opened in May of 1989, and initially, and for some time, you had to buy tickets before you entered the island, and actually the ticket booths were repurposed train cars from the old railroad at Fort Wilderness. And while it was open, it had a wide variety of shops and restaurants and dancing and entertainment. There was the old Empress Lily and the Fireworks Factory, the Jessica Rabbit Store, obviously the Adventures Club, may you rest in peace, uh, BET Soundstage, the Comedy Warehouse, Mannequin's Dance Palace, that was my jam, and places like the Fireworks Factory and Warehouse, uh, Wild Horse Saloon. Maybe one day we'll do an actual uh, Wayback Machine show all about Pleasure Island, but in 2006, it started to change a lot in order to gain more attendance. Uh, no longer did they charge an admission fee. They were trying to make it more family-friendly. Never really found its identity, and that's why I talk so highly about Disney Springs now. Anyway, it's another story for another day. The answer I was looking for 
was just Pleasure Island, so forgive the history uh, trivia nerd coming out in me. Anyway, I took all of your correct entries with or without photos and or memories, randomly selected one, and again, you were playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book. All seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the parks, both of which you can get at the shop at www.radio.com. A WW Radio Magic Band cover, some WW Radio stickers, the hot and cold travel mug, and a WW Radio t-shirt. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Leo S. So, Leo, I have your mailing address. I don't have your full name, but I have your mailing address. I will get your prize package address right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. All right, I'm going to keep this one simple, but it's maybe kind of tricky because I want you to tell me where in Walt Disney World have you heard the phrase, as in all societies, there are the nice and the naughty. You have until Sunday, January 15th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to me, but better yet, go to the show notes at www.radio.com, click on show 471, use the online form there. Give me all your shipping information because, again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, and I'm also going to give you one of the travel mugs. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Big thanks and huge congratulations to everybody who participated in this past weekend's Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend. I know so many people were disappointed when they canceled the half marathon due to the anticipated lightning, but kudos to Disney for putting everybody's safety first and making the best of it. And congratulations to all of you that went out that day and did your 13.1 miles so you can earn your medals. Huge thanks to the WW Radio running team. Uh, I am so happy and proud of all of you. I am so grateful that you are part of our team. Thanks to everybody who came out to the meet of the month on Saturday. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was our ninth anniversary of doing the monthly meetups. It started off in that first marathon weekend in 2008. And to all of you who came and to all of you who are part or have been part of the running team or the cheer team, we were able to meet one of the families that we sponsored through the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. That is why we do what we do. That is why you put in the miles. And that is why I do what I do. Seeing that child and seeing that family um, really makes us understand and appreciate and be grateful for this this quote-unquote Disney magic that maybe sometimes we take for granted. So thanks to all of you who are part of the team, who have been part of the team, who have donated to the Dream Team Project to make that child and his family and so many other wishes happen because of you since we started doing this we've raised more than a quarter of a million dollars from Make-A-Wish Foundation to send these children to Walt Disney World and when you get to see their faces and see it come to pass um, it really does hit home to find out more about what we do and or join the running walking cheer team whatever it is please visit www.radio.com slash running or visit dreamteamproject.org don't forget that in addition to the podcast, which hopefully you subscribe to on iTunes. Please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for my live video broadcast and chat where you can be part of the conversation I often broadcast either from the home studios or out and about in the parks. You can find out more and turn on notifications at the WW Radio page over on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. 
Make sure you turn on notifications for the page. I'm going to post a video there on exactly how to do it because I am going to be working on some new things uh, for the page and the site and live video and lots of other things that I'm sure you are not going to want to miss. You can also stay connected with me at Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Instagram at Lou Mangiello, Pinterest at Lou Mangiello, and also come by the WW Radio site and check out our amazing team of blog writers, subscribe to our newsletter, and lots more that I've been working on that's going to be coming very, very soon. Of course, I want to hear from you. I want you to be part of the show. You are the reason why and how I do it, and I would love to hear from you. So if you have a question you want me to answer on the air, you can email me, Lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-WDW1. And just like you showed throughout Marathon Weekend and at the meet of the month and for the meet of the month that we've been doing for so long, uh, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. And I love having, and and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to meet you in person, to hear your story and get a chance to chat with you, not just online, but in real life. So please check out the events page on the site and on Facebook. Our next meet of the month will most likely be during Princess Marathon weekend. Stay tuned to the event page on facebook.com slash Radio for more information. They are free to attend. You can come alone or bring the entire family. It's really a great opportunity to meet uh, some fellow Disney enthusiasts and like I said for me get a chance to meet and say thank you to you and of course we have lots of other events coming up I am incredibly excited for our double dip cruise on the Disney Dream two stops at Castaway Key June 25th through the 30th a five night cruise for more information visit www.radio.com slash 2017 cruise we've got D23 Expo coming up we've got something else that I'm planning for later on in the fall this year we've got another special event coming Alaska in 2018 uh, uh, there's a lot going on and, and I am really really excited I'm tempted to tell you more but I'm really excited for when I can sort of let the cats out of the bag and I'm also doing a number of other events not just in the Disney parks or clu- cruise lines but on the road as I speak to conferences and to business businesses and schools to find out more about where and when I'll be speaking. And maybe if I can help speak to your business or at your event or to your school, visit loumangelo.com. And if I can help you individually turn your passion into your profession with personal mentoring or group coaching, I want to help you build your brand and business and do what you love full time. I am about to form a new mastermind group this month. I'll post some information over at loumangelo.com. I'll also tweet and Facebook when that's ready to go. And I also do some one-on-one mentoring and coaching as well. Again, you can find everything at loumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider. It's who I recommend because it's who I use. It's who I love and it's who I trust. So for a free no obligation quote, visit them at mousefantravel.com. And thanks again to little Timmy Foster. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, you continue to demonstrate and prove that every single day. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tell your friends about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or go back to your favorite episode over on Facebook or in your favorite Facebook group. And please take a second just to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have more than 1,200 five-star reviews. We hit number two overall among every podcast in iTunes 
this year, last year. So if you visit www.com slash iTunes, you get a link and instructions on exactly how to do it. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Josh Stolly, Josh Stolly, Josh Stolly, who says one of the best, I gave it a bad Italian accent for some reason. One of the best Disney podcasts, Lou and the crew seems to have the latest happenings all at Disney World. Every time I listen, I learn something new. And my trips to Walt Disney, my to-do list for Walt Disney World just keeps getting longer. Hayes DVCs says, thanks for all you do. Have a great 2017. Josh D says, it is the best Disney podcast. He loves the show. Been listening for years. More importantly, I love how Lou makes you feel like you're a friend, even if we've never met. That's because, Josh, we are. And JTK039 doesn't get any better than this. He says, I couldn't be happier. Uh, Lou and his guests do a fantastic job of bestowing Disney magic on us who crave it in between our visits. I've learned so much. I've been entertained since discovering the show about a year and a half ago. Here's to many more years of success, Lou. JTK, thank you. That's exactly what I want to do and maybe taking uh, a cue and a page from Walt. I want to entertain you and educate you all at the same time. And as we kick off and continue to have this enthusiasm, dare I say momentum, that's a hint of things to come, in 2017, I hope that you are still sticking to your goals and resolutions, and if you haven't made one yet, remember, the biggest risk is the one you don't take. Have an amazing week, everybody. Keep moving forward. So until next time, see ya. Mr. Mangiello, Robert Canchola, hope all is well. Happy 2017 to you and everyone. Um, listening to the latest uh, podcast in regards to the year in review of 2016, and I 100% agree with you that I think that, that the Society of Explorers and Adventurers is, is really just starting to kick off here in the, in the state side. And I know there's already a presence in Orlando, um, you know, sorry, with what Pleasure Islands or what was Pleasure Island and the Adventurers Club, as well as now uh, Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen. But um, I, I'm still, I, I'm personally, I'm excited about the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout attraction uh, over at Disney California Adventure, and uh, I can't help but to notice the trend in, in regards to. Uh, the whole collector theme uh, and the tie-in with the Society of Explorers and Adventures. And like you, I have my own theories as well. Uh, you know, I, I, you, know, you have the, the collector um, uh, plot line for Tower of Terror in Tokyo Disney Sea, um, you know, which is also tied to Sea. You have the, uh, the, the collector plot line tied, uh, tied in with the uh, Mystic Manor at uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. And I'm just, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout with the whole, you know, structure being uh, that of the collector itself or himself uh, is going to be the West Coast tie-in over here and maybe perhaps tying that back into some Marvel uh, franchises as well. Anyways, I just, I'm, 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 you know, developing my own theories and everything. And uh, again, agree with you very much so on the whole um, growth, continued growth of the society of explorers and adventurers out here in the state side. Hope all is well, uh, continue the great work and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey Lou. What did I think of episode 469? I think the show was rubbish. No, seriously. Great show. But how could you overlook the World Showcase players in the UK pavilion at Epcot? One of our uh, funniest 
things we did every time we went. It's a real shame to see them go. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Hey, Lou, it's Michael Ruffin, proud member of the WTW Radio Nation. I just finished listening to you and little Timmy Banana Softer uh, talking about your funniest attraction moment. Mine came this year uh, at the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. It goes back to talking about getting that Jungle Cruise skipper that's just amazing at their job. Uh, it's probably my dream Disney job, by the way. But we got our skipper, whose name I wish I could remember. But as we were going past uh, Schweitzer Falls, he you know, pointed out that, that it's a traditional name after Albert Falls, you know, Dr. Albert Falls, and it's also the only thing in Magic Kingdom that's not frozen. And I almost fell out of the boat laughing. Uh, it took everybody else on the boat like five minutes to get it, but I, I almost fell out of the boat laughing, and he loved it. He loved that someone actually kind of got what he was saying there. But that's my favorite, so thanks, Seth. Hey, do a great job on the show. I love listening. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Hey, Lou, this is Ken from New Hampshire. Hey, I wanted to share a funniest attraction moment with you. So my family and I went to the board, went to uh, the boardwalk several years ago when my kids were little, and uh, we watched a performer, and after the performance, the, the performer gave a nice little gift to the child that was helping him. So after that performance, he said, hey, I need another volunteer. So the mother of the woman, that, the mother of the child that was helping, pushed her other child up, say, hey, why don't you go up there and maybe get another free toy or whatever. So the performer did the performance, and after he did the performance, he says, I have an amazing gift for you. And the mother looked excited because she was going to get another toy for her other child. He pulled out free AOL for a year CD. It was amazing, very funny. Um, another thing that happened was we, we were right in the Tower of Terror, and we got on, we were in the back, the back row where there's nothing to hold on to, just a seatbelt. And the cast member said, so is everybody all set? Everybody all strapped in? And I said, no, I'm not, because my strap wasn't working. She said, oh, well, and deadpan and shut the door, jokingly opened it back up again and said, oh, let me fix that for you. So those are our things that we, we've experienced another, obviously, awesome other times we've had there. But I wanted to share that and hope to see you. We're coming down there in late April of 2017, and maybe we'll be able to meet you at the parks. Have a great day. Calling from cold New Hampshire. Goodbye. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? This is the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining. Thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars, don't let them end. Ah, Star Wars, if they should fire wars, please let these Star Wars stay. 
How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah, Star Wars! Those here in Star Wars! My seventh winner up here! Star Wars! Prepare ship for light speed. No, 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 light speed is too slow. Light speed too slow? Yes, we're going to have to go right to ludicrous speed. <gasps> ludicrous speed? Sir, we've never gone that fast before. I don't know if the ship can take it. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken?